Everybody, get up! Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Yo, Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Eastman from com, And with me, as always, is uh, Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, we are going to be reviewing The Avengers, which we just see, or Marvel's The Avengers, I guess you're... Uh, uh, no, I can't. I, it's The Avengers. I can't uh, do that. Uh, which uh, we did just see, and we did see it in 3D. 3D. Uh, and uh, I guess before we go uh, too far into... You know, we'll get on a roll and then we'll be lost, right? right. I do want to just say that uh, next week we are probably going to do something funky because mix it up a bit, yeah. Because of Mother's Day and uh, that taking up the day, so we are probably going to have a show midweek this week and somewhere midweek next week right. where we will do Dark Shadows. Yep. Instead of our normal weekend routine, we we may I'm not even absolutely sure how that will work yeah, out yet, but we will we'll get back it out. on track eventually. Right. These weekend holidays are they're a killer. And uh, as always, call in. The chat is open. This actually would be the perfect week for people to call in if you are listening live yeah, right now. We this, dare you. This would probably be the perfect week to call in. Have your say. Get in the chat. The easy way to make this happen to is talk for, about. for us to just start trashing the movie. Just take the take a contrarian position and right. just be like, I can't believe then this everyone would be in. Right. That we well, we have to pick a group like the the comic fanboys and just start slandering them. <laughs> like, who is Thor again? Right. It's a great movie, accepted so far as it has anything to do with comic books. Right. But, right. <laughs> then that would be good. Okay. Anyway, so. Jumping into the movie, put on um, yeah, put on your 3D glasses for the review. As I as I said, that'd be awesome. Before we started, this is probably our first really useless movie review uh, from I mean my perspective, like just because we haven't been doing this, you know, when there were right. Twilight movies or Harry Potter movies, I, where well, the Potter would have been, you fun, know, but, uh, people are not waiting to read a bunch of reviews and then, right. and then saying, well, if the reviews are good, then I'll go see the Avengers. I mean, it's already done. It, it's supposed to do more than 200 million. Yeah. It's, it's huge. Everyone's going to see it anyway. Yep. It's not like people are checking the Metacritic or right. the, it, this is trying to get a consensus of word critic of mouth, opinion. Word and, of mouth has taken over what any reviewer will do. So. Right. And even, I mean, even before that, like months ago. Oh, yeah. We, we the, knew. The, this movie yeah. is like, at the beginning of the year, you know, there's a sense in which all these people had already seen this movie at the beginning right. of the year. I mean, it, it right. was locked in. There was no yep. chance they weren't going to see it. So. Yep. So I will start off by just saying, I, I mean, I really liked it. I feel like you liked it probably a lot more than me, even though, even though I'm still going to give it a pretty high star rating. Okay, go ahead, throw it right out there. <laughs> I, I would probably say, you know, the star rating for me is 
still a little bit hard to whip right out there, even though that we're trying to review it like that. All but, right. I can, well then, but locking in the star rating is a little, a little hard, but I would probably say like four and a half. Yeah, I, I'm, this was so much fun. Everything on this film just works across the board, and there's not, there's really not much to find fault with. Even if you, I mean, if you really wanted to find fault with it, I guess you'd start with it being a comic book film. If you're not a comic book fan, well, know? but if you're sure. not, you really don't have any business going to see this movie. I'm sorry, you just shouldn't be dragged into this film. You should stand your ground. My immediate inclination is that this is, you know. This is up there with the best that this genre can do and offer, and everything about it was really, really amazingly fun. I mean, if it's not a five-star film, it's right under it. It's like a four. And I know you love when I give four and three-quarter stars. Right. It makes it harder for you to type did, them in. Did, on the, did, on you, the, see, did you see my thing? I saw that, and now it makes me almost always want to edge higher to four and three-quarters. So that I use only on the website. Only <laughs> deals and ha- it won't it won't <laughs> render a picture of a star that's a three-quarter right. of a star. So I'd have to like update or something. Well, I like that what you're doing is you're giving me you know you don't go over you don't give it four stars and then say well he really gave it three and three quarters. What right. you give is three and a half, and then you parenthesize he really gave it three and three quarters. Right. So I'm all about the the one quarter, three quarter mark at this point, just to make, you know, a little bit more work for you on the website. But <laughs> just to make No, it. I think I think whatever you know, we both really enjoyed this movie. I think I enjoyed it just a little bit more and maybe if we start talking about it I'll figure out why that is. Yeah, I d I don't know. I think there were things that and I, I wanna also just point out because you said um I don't think you need to necessarily be any kind of comic book fan as long as you're sufficiently summer goofy action. Well, there's that too, but I mean, really, this is not, this isn't something where if you went to see, you know, if you go see Iron Man, sure, he's a comic book character and he's been one for a long time, but if you're just, I could see how that would rope in the Transformer crowd or the people who are just like, I like sci-fi, robotics. I mean, there's a way to get those people in. If you wanted to just go see Thor, I can stretch that argument and say if you were just into Shakespearean things or um, if you loved the real Thor mythology, not not the comic book version, you may go see it just for that. But come on, this has the Hulk in it. You know, this has Captain America in it. This is not going to be the type of film you should go see if you're looking down your nose at comic books. Well, sure. There's just no way. Uh, well, obviously. But I think probably if you're looking down your nose at comic books enough, you're not into big summer, summer movies anyway, crazy right now right. action fest anyway right um but the other thing that i want to say is uh, you know you said this movie has like everything this genre has to offer and going back to you know our pre-movie talk which we got to figure out how to get that in and, and add yeah we're gonna figure our, that out because that's a lot of fun our, uh, especially how quick it has to shut off what, when the what, lights go down and we're just like oh hey, uh, right sh- what what is it that we were calling that like the concession, <laughs> concession conversation or, right you know or concession talk or so we we were talking about other movies in the area and i think i think there are kind of two genres actually that come out of comic books and or graphic novels. Okay. I think there's kind of a divide and this could just be, you know, something shit that I'm making up in right. my head, who knows, but I think there's kind of this <laughs> movie and then movies like Iron Man and you know, maybe even Thor or whatever that are really a lot more about the fun side of comics or they're like uh 
little bit happier place or something. And I think there are there's another side of that where it's stuff like Batman Begins and The Watchmen and right. even maybe like the well, the one Punisher movie that was fairly good. God, which one was that? Even things like kick, <laughs> even things like Kick Ass. Right. You know, which are I, I certainly... think there's I think there's it's almost to me I feel yeah. like they're a separate entity that they are just really working with a lot darker uh-huh. stuff and not, you know, shiny, happy popcorn right. kind of stuff. And so this probably on the one side of of those two genres if they exist, I would agree with you like this this has everything you're going to get if you want that from kind of that thing. side of things. The other side of it doesn't even the, come close the coin. Yeah. Those other movies, they're a lot more about you know having our themes that we're playing with and what right. we're trying to say about right. you know humanity and you know politics right. and all kinds of stuff, right? And they they do it in a very dark way and they kind of they try to dig down into right the layers of normal things yep. by saying crazy wild right. I agree things like that like yeah. like all really all of science fiction I mean yeah. all of science fiction is really sort of talking about the real world by saying things that are not real right right I mean, and and that's where those are going and they have a lot more thematic play happening. Yeah. And and this one what was weird is I almost for a minute thought this one was going to mix those together a bit more. It was a when moment, yeah. Loki comes out and is talking about how y- you want to be sheep and right. and that whole thing and I was going, "Oh, well, right. there, there may be something this going on bigger, here, right? right? Trying to get a little meatier." And then yeah. that just kind of fell away. Then we had you know, well, then you know, then the Hulk punches him in the face a few times, and you're like, oh, right. okay, great, summertime comic book. But I thought maybe there was going to be a little bit more. The one thing that I have as a detraction from this movie is that knowing how movies get constructed and how they're going to play out, right, and how your screenplay has to sort of ride, right, <clears throat> there are going to be your several moments of slowing down and talking about something. Okay. You're going to have your big action event. Then you're going to have, okay, now we're kind of regrouping and mm-hmm. sitting around the table or right. whatever it is that is happening or, you know, we're planning our assault or whatever it is. There's, yeah. there's going to be the slower points. And to me it was like the slower points in this movie were we're just slowing down because, you know, the screenplay for dummies – says now we have to slow down give the audience and we're not really doing anything with it yeah which i thought when we got that whole loki moment i thought we were going to have some deeper talks but really we just Mm -hmm. have we just have talks where you know we're just sort of like machoing at each other for a while or something like that and it's all about them just sort of I don't know. It's like they they felt like they had to talk, so mm-hmm. they put in some talking. Right. But they didn't really have. They didn't want to go a deep no. way with things, so they right. didn't really have much to talk about. Well, yeah, and I agree. And again, there are definitely not to dissect a lot of stuff. I though they are both comic book films, the Avengers 
and The Dark Knight are totally two different breeds of comic book movie. Right. You know, and, and I certainly have a leaning towards one more than the other. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Obviously, obviously that's the case. One of the interesting things that um, that I know has been said even before the box office started kicking in and making this almost a guaranteed smash hit and um, a, another sequel coming, which is Joss Whedon said, you know, if I do the next one, I want to make it more intimate, um, darker, more personal, and more dangerous. And that seems to me to be a little less, um, though it will certainly still be a summer kind of film, um, it certainly seems to me to be... Um, uh, kind of standard thing for a second act. You know, you always bring out all the glitz and the and the pomp and circumstance of things, and then by the time you get a sequel out, that's where, you know, basically the, I, I always like thinking about things like Superman 2 or Wrath of Khan, where it becomes way more personal, way more tragic, way more personally invested. Um, it's kind of amusing watching you try to, try to <laughs> are, bring back the... We are having a, we have a, we are having a technical difficulty. Um... Anyway, so anyway, I think that I think that he is certainly capable of doing that stuff because even I was really excited when Joss got attached to this. The guy is above all of his other talents. He's just so incredibly capable of taking an ensemble piece with a bunch of different components, a bunch of different people and personalities and putting them in a situation, stripping it down, unifying you know, putting everybody in the spotlight. Everybody had a chance to get their moments in and their lines in. Right. And still make like a cohesive kind of unit. And certainly the Avengers does that easily, but it, it certainly could have been a much more problematic thing if he wasn't at the helm. Right. See, you know, and, that, and that's a definite bonus of having a guy like him, as well as also, you know, this is really interesting too, his TV experience with Buffy and with Firefly and with Dollhouse, everything he's done... And his episodic, you know, experience with writing the comics. And also, if that was not enough, writing, you know, a, a TV show. That's an episodic, you know. That's right. Writing. We're rebooting. <laughs> you you got to, we're all up and right. I see bright lights now. Um, all that stuff really comes in handy when you have a bunch of characters. Because sometimes people don't know what to do with all these characters. And they give them like a weird little job, like, you know, on Lost sometimes, not to jump genres here from TV and films, but that's. That's a huge set of characters, and you don't really know what to do with them all the time, so you have them just sometimes in the background fishing. Right. You know, and, and in that regard, one of his strengths is um, from that from that ability to work in all the different mediums and do it successfully, I thought it was just fun to watch him put two random characters together in a room and just see how they acted. Right. You know, and that was a strength because a lot of the times they, it was really an interesting kind of engagement between them. That was one of the... Uh, big dangers for me going in. Another thing we were talking about before the movie started was uh, I was sort of nervous about it, even though, you know, right. it, it's the it's the great big thing coming out and, and plenty of people had already said they loved it. Yeah. I was a little nervous about just that sort of thing that, you know, the Hulk is going to be in the movie and there will be something for him to smash. Right. But other than that, what we're going to do with him is go, you know, Ugh, Hulk smash. And, right. You know, whatever. Or... Or when we have, you know, Iron Man and Captain America, and it's it's just all going to be not even comic booky, but mm -hmm. just just like kind of 
sad. Yeah. I mean, just like those those two are a real fun dynamic for me because, and again, not to dig too deep into it, they both represent a very distinct side of America. You know, not because Captain America is a super soldier from the turn of the century, you know, from the earlier part of the century, you know, when he's like a time traveler now, but he represents a different American ideal that while he was encased in ice, you know, Tony Stark came to embody, which right. is this militaristic money-grabbing kind of thing, and it's interesting to see them literally go head-to-head because it's a, it's just the flip side of the same coin. Um, and I thought that was a lot of fun. Oh, I wonder if our chat kicked everyone out now. Well, if it did, we apologize. It wasn't that we were not enjoying anyone in there. Right, right. So we, if you are, we, please come back in and you know fire away a few things. But Yeah, we had the um, uh, major technical... One thing, one thing that I thought was interesting that you just brought up, too, was like the Hulk. This is... This is the third time they've had a shot at him, and the third time was the charm for sure. Yeah. They finally figured out what the Hulk, you know, was great at doing, and we started to – we talked about this a little bit last time, not not all today, but, um, you know, I'm not – I would have been curious to see Edward Norton, you know, before the negotiations broke down. He would have been interesting to see in this movie just because of all the other actors that were around him. Right. But man, I'm so psyched Mark Ruffalo was in this. He was so good. Yeah, he was. He played it, just he nailed his version of Banner perfectly. He was good, and he, you know, he has some almost magical quality for me. And I don't know, I don't know what it is exactly, but he's in so many movies that I love. I mean, like, especially if you go back over, you know, like the last 10 years or or so, he's in, he's one of, maybe five actors that mm-hmm. I would see anything that he's in. Yeah. Because he has such a history of picking good things. Yeah. I mean, he will pick things that are small, large, goo- yeah, supporting, goofy. starring. He doesn't care. Right. And, yeah. and he... He just seems to love working, really, which is really cool because the guy's talented all over the place. But everything he's in is worth watching, yeah. even if it's only to watch him in it. Yep. But he, But he always picks things that have you know, really strong stories and, you know, that might not be necessarily why you pick the Hulk because well, th- there you're getting a, a really big paycheck and you get to be the Hulk or whatever. That right. that's its own reward probably to get to be the Hulk. But right. but other than that, and he brought what he brings to everything to the Hulk, and that's not something you would expect to say right. from a guy who is often, you know, the the quirky Male, yeah, almost lead. Even when he's the lead, he's somehow he's almost kind of like the not really the yeah. lead. Right. He's got a real interesting way of blending backwards into the into the scenes. Right. Of, yeah. Right. Even even when it's the best thing about the movie mm-hmm. is that is that he's kind of this pulled back thing. Well, I mean, well, anyway. just, well, just as a quick side, I was talking with someone about him just the other day, and we were talking about you know some of the stuff that he'd been in, and he, you know this person was bringing up. Um, the kids are all right, and I was like, I just every time I think of Mark Ruffalo, I'll probably think of him now in this first. But every time I think of him and all the things I've seen him in, I always think of him in Zodiac. I loved right. him in that. He was so amazingly fun to watch in that movie. Just play this guy who's just getting, you know, worn down by the job and by the frustrations, and and in a weird way, that that ability to wear the emotions that he has on his sleeve, it, it shows up here too. Like he's. He's this guy who's afraid of, you know, letting the Hulk out. 
Right. And he goes through all these different mm-hmm. things, and there are these moments like when he's walking around the helicarrier, and he just subtly, you, you see him look, and he sees these guards kind of step up into attention to, to make sure he doesn't walk into this this way. And he just kind of like has like a strange um, like tick to his face and has like a nervous kind of like, oh, I wasn't really going to go there anyway. But, you know, right. just the small affectations of his performance were really, yeah, really, really awesome. He's he's kind of bizarrely good at letting you know what emotion he's having yep. by al- almost any, by not doing by not anything. Doing anything. At all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's he was great. Right. Anyway, awesome. so um, back to the Avengers, I guess. <laughs> well, he was he's in the Avengers. So, That's yeah. true. No. Um, you know, another thing that I was really scared of too was Black Widow in this movie, and you're afraid of spiders. And she was perfect in. Everything she was in, I thought. She, yeah. I thought she was great. I was just a little bit nervous that she was going to be sort of so watered down by all of the other big people we'd be looking at Yeah, that when she did show up, it wouldn't work, right? right. Because right. big balance because of power we, we wouldn't ha- off. Right, right. Yeah. That we wouldn't have anything like that, that first scene yeah. that she's in. I, I was nervous that we wouldn't get anything like that. I thought that and, was any kind of exploration of her at right. all. And she that just might would be, be her only. That would be her big scene. Like the rest of the time, she's just going to be screen filler or eye candy right. or right. yeah. It's not right. like that. Yeah. Also, I did look up and um, because I'm so lost in space, um, she's the girl from How I Met Your Mother. I know. I just saw this. <laughs> we were talking about Agent Agent Hill in the film, and you know she's. She's certainly a supporting character, but she does a really good job, Kobe Smulders. And you and I are talking, and I only knew her from uh, The L Word. Right. And you're like, no, nah, I know her from somewhere else. And I'm thinking, I don't know where. So we're sitting here, and I just fired it up. And the next, the biggest thing is I know, right. known for how I met your mother. And you're always telling me how much fun the show is. I know. I've never, I've seen one episode of it, and I forgot. And then I immediately realized it was almost like just like this animated thing of because she's got like this tight bun in her hair right um in this film and then immediately kind of watch that kind of like revolt down i'm like oh yeah if she's not in a jumpsuit you right, know on right. a helicarrier of course she's in a cafe and then that's who she is so, right and that was very funny i was gonna call you on that pretty quick that's that's why that was bugging me so much yeah. in the film because i knew it was one of those things where this should be completely obvious and i cannot right place her you yeah because that's just that's horrible that's just Embarrassing. Yeah, it should have been so obvious. Well, a quick thing about Black Widow is I know you were nervous about these things. Strangely enough, in the hands of anybody else, I might have been a little nervous too. Really, I mean, I could care less about Black Widow, you know. And before this film, I could really care less about Hawkeye. I was never, never these guys I ever bought. I was a big comic book fan. I still am a big comic book fan. Um, but in my youth, I was spending all my allowance, all my lunch money, all any money I could get on comics. Right, me too. And I never bought anything because of Black Widow, and I never bought anything because of Hawkeye. Right. Um, but I, I was actually all X-Men. So was I. I was a huge X-Men fan, and to that extent, I and that kind of extrapolated down into other ways, but it all started with them. Um, but if it had been anyone other than Joss Whedon at the helm of this, I would have been worried about... Um, Black Widow being that kind of secondary character, he's he's notorious for basically, you know, loving the stories that he can tell about strong women, and strong female characters who may not appear to be strong on the outside. Right. You know, and that's that's one of the kind of story mental jujitsu things he likes to flip on you, which is, 
of course she's attractive, but you have no idea. Like, that's the least of her abilities. Right. And as long as Joss was in control, I was like, Scarlett Johansson is in great hands because he's going to make her do just fine. Well, and see, I kind of always – I mean, I did like her – to the extent that I've been exposed to her, like I said, I was, you know, as far as comic books go, I was, yeah. I was pretty seriously X-Men and then X-Men related spinoffs and, stuff, right? spin-offs and, and yeah. whatever. And I kind of did like her exactly for the reason that she's so awesome in this movie, because it, it's like she has like a mental superpower. Yeah. You know, yeah. she, it's like she... They talk about in the movie that she's a spy, not a soldier, and that sort right. of thing. But it's like, you know, she just can fuck with you as a superpower. Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> and, well, and she's also hyper aware of a situation, which is why, you know, the first scene we see her in is she's being interrogated, and you see her, you know, this doesn't give anything away. She's strapped to a chair. She's got three Russians around her. One is commanding the other two thugs, and she's in a what appears to be a very dangerous situation. And she is in a very dangerous situation, although she's not in any harm at all. Like, she, as you would expect any superhero, is in total control of it. But right. you didn't realize until there's a moment where she's she's basically saying, like, you're interrupting me. I'm getting all this information right. from these guys, right. and I'm not done with them yet. And they're like, you're not done with what? We've got you to the chair. You're right. in trouble. And then later, this amazingly interesting scene with her and Loki, where she walks in and basically throws herself into the lion's den, and he does the same mistake anyone else does. He looks at her just as a pretty woman and assumes that she can't have anything over him, and single-handedly gives away everything that he didn't mean to tell her. And she realizes in one second by saying, thank you, I got all I needed. Right. And, you know, and, and that's her ability, which is to just get into a situation and get everything she needs like a super spy would. Right. And she knows exactly she knows exactly what to give him to work with. Yep. She because she, the right she knows exactly what kind of crazy he is. Yeah. And and what's was going great. what's going to make him you know give her what she needs. Yep. I, I thought every everything about her and was even even perfect. That, yeah, even that um even that moment where, you know, Scarlett decided to play her just with the slightest of body, you know, change where she's kind of like getting berated by Loki and she's acting all submissive just so he continually does what supervillains do, which is let me tell you how I'm going to destroy you, right. you know, but he doesn't go that far. And then when she gets the information she knows he shouldn't have give, she stands up straight and it's just like, oh, thank right. you. You were very cooperative, you know, right. and, and he, he realizes even when that. He, even when he thinks he's being sneaky and yeah. not giving information. Yeah. Because she's getting he it. thinks that he's being very clever right. and, and not telling anything, right. but he's telling everything. Everything, so and she's listening. It's, even, yeah, it, it it's even worse, because it would be one thing if he just <laughs> said, well, let me tell you my plans, and, right. And, right. and she got it out of him or whatever. But yeah. but no, it's even another step yeah. better than that. So, okay, moving on to other things about the movie. What Are there other things about the movie? There's a lot of things to, you know, everyone is going to see this film, and the buzz is going to probably get you to go if you haven't already. Um, there are a few things to think about. Um, the movie is ridiculously fun, and it's because it it knows itself. It's got people in charge who understand the story, the history, and the direction that it should be told. You know, Josh Whedon has worked in comics. He's loved comics. He he gets these characters, and that's important too because when you don't have someone who understands it, you get Joel Schumacher and Bat Nipples. You know, basically that's the right. problem that happens. It's a fun film, but it's also a funny movie. Right. Like, there's a ton of funny jokes and things in there. There are a surprising number it's of so actually funny parts. Ridiculously funny. Yeah. And it's not just 
Some of it's physical. You know, there's an incredible funny moment in a fight between um, between the heroes that I won't ruin because it's just so much fun if you don't know what's coming. There's a bunch of funny dialogue, which I would expect with Robert Downey Jr. in the scene, but sometimes... Even in the scenes that he's in, he isn't the one. He's always stealing a scene, but he's not the one always giving the funniest line. Right. And um, even even things that are uh, not completely addressed, like with the bet. Yeah. It's not even it's not even really anything that there are lines or is completely addressed. It's yep. just here and and then it's funny. And and I think that is a really interesting kind of comedy to yeah. have being peppered throughout this film yep. is like really small, low key comedies, not right. low key because then that'll be confusing. But yeah, low key and low key, <clears throat> right? But uh, let's not go there. <laughs> but it that was kind of surprising to me that that was the direction we were going with what was funny because it's so much funnier. Yeah, it really is. I I mean, you don't, you know, it's not dumb and dumber funny. Like it's not slapstick funny, but it is, it's very, you know, once you understand, he understands the characters. So he's putting them out on the table and he's basically showing you their emotions. And part of the film is about them overcoming their differences to become a team. Right. And part of doing that is funny because you're awkwardly exposed. Right. And there's a great scene where they're bantering back and forth and the camera's just going around the room like a Reservoir Dogs tribute. Um, and everyone is kind of sniping at each other, uh, specifically also towards Nick Fury. And and there's all kinds of funny things being said and then serious things and then funny. That's the other thing. He can he realizes that emotions are fluid, not this scene is supposed to be funny, let's do it, and then we're going to cut to something scary, and then you're going to be scared. You know, it's, right. it has the ability and to be real. You know, two two things that that makes me think of is that, uh, I mean, first of all, the writing is really good all yeah. around, the writing of the dialogue. Yep. But in two specific ways, and I think they kind of relate to the comedy, I guess, a little bit. Um, well, one of them does anyway, but... I think the comedy is really written very well because it's what would it be funny for this character to do mm-hmm. and not just here's a funny line that I want to find a place to throw right. in the movie, right? right? Right. Which you get so often. A lot of times. And a lot of the things that are funny, like the part with the bet, you know, that's mm-hmm. like that's how that character would do that. Yep. And it's hilarious. Yeah. But it's not just this is a funny thing I want to happen. Right. This is a this is a gag that I came up with and wrote down in a napkin, right. and I need to stick it in somewhere. It's right. like that that is how, you know, that's at least I think a good representation of how that character actually true. would act. Yeah, it's true. And another thing that is really good, I think, about the writing of the dialogue is, in several cases, but especially in that one scene that you're talking about, mm-hmm. where everyone is kind of just going right. Yep. The whole conversation is written very well. And in a, in a big action crazy vehicle, you don't get, I think, a lot of conversation written well. Right. You get, like, lines written well yep. and, and good dialogue. But one of the best things for me about that scene is that you can't hear half of what's being said. Yeah. And you don't get you that don't. very much. Right. And that's how conversations happen right. like that, right? You know, it's not like everybody, you know, okay, Nobody you, their turn. you give your line. Right. Now I <laughs> yeah. give my line. Yeah. And it's they all go, yep, and it comes out the other end mm-hmm. so much stronger, yep, 
then, you know, if we're all trying to have a fight where we all take our turns, because that's not what happens. Not at all, yeah. And it delivers such a different thing to the audience, I think, to to just have everybody going at each other. There's there's an also, uh, yeah, exactly. And there's another moment where he's command, he has total command of the movie at all times. He never, never seems to let, like, there's a lot of big stars in this film. There's a lot of up and coming stars. You know, there's a lot of archetype, you know, there's a lot of characters and he has control of everything. That exact same scene we're talking about, there's a moment where Captain America and Iron Man are at odds and he basically challenges him. He says, why don't you go get the suit on? You know, right. we'll, we'll basically, let's take this outside, which he doesn't say because they're 30,000 feet above, you know, right. the earth. But he, he says to him, go get your suit. Go put the suit on. And in, in about five seconds after one of the times he says that, something happens. And he says the line again, but it's not confrontational. It's, dude, go get your suit. Right. And it's, a, it's an amazingly fluid motion again because it's confrontational. And then immediately it's like... All right, let's let's do this. Now we've got to work together. Well, and that scene is so important because that's the moment when they basically get stripped down to their to their basic like fears and their their problems and their crises, and then there's nowhere left for them to go except up. You know, because they're ba- they basically have been telling each other, you know, you're a loose cannon. Well, you're just a playboy. You know, and you you get to that family dynamic thing that Joss is again once. You know, he's just a stud about handling these things. Right. I, I think I think that's also a good Uh-oh. example Uh-oh. of. Um, you know, that scene and how that scene comes together and then how, like, the end of that scene sort of that you're talking about and mm-hmm. then we deliver the line again and everything, I think that does something that the way that scene plays out and the way that scene actually, like, relates to the rest of the movie mm-hmm. insofar as them having to come together to sort of have some kind of bond with each other where they're not just picking fights with each other. Yeah. I think that's a very interesting work with comic books and mm-hmm. how comic books are because it's very guy. Yeah. And comic books are, even though you know they're not, I guess, male fan exclusive or whatever. They're pretty but, close. But they are. They're very they're guy. Even if even if you even if you're a girl and you like comic book. Right. There's still the mythos and the way people relate to each other in comic books and the whole thing. It's still it's very guy. And right. that scene is very guy, right? Yeah. We're, you know, we're spouting off at each other, we're mm-hmm. we're wanting to step outside, but then, you know, boom, it doesn't mean that we're not on the same side or it's like brothers right. beating the crap out of exactly. each other, right? It's right. I, I mean, it's like, right. okay, well, now the alarm went off and let's so go okay, together. let's go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure this out later. Yeah. And it's a, it's a really interesting kind of dynamic to put forward mm-hmm. as how you're bringing them together. Yeah. Instead of just like they're together. And know. even right, and you just assume that they're a superhero team like eventually they'll be on the same side. They're actually it takes a while to get them there. You know, right. when they admit it later that's in the trailer, you know, even Tony Stark says, "Look, you know, we're a little bit, bit of a slow start. I'll give you that." Right. You know, but the funny thing is is based on that scene, like what you were just saying, even later on there's a moment when one of the Avengers may or may not show up and Iron Man is convinced he is going to you know he's like let me know when he gets here and they're like why is he coming here and he's like just keep your eyes open right he knows you know and that's a continuation of them starting that the genesis of all that bonding finally got to them and he's like i know he's going to be here right you know don't worry you know and it was a lot a lot of fun for that it it, it was cool how it played out too because you really you really don't know for a long time i mean for a really long time in 
movie length terms mm-hmm. anyway, for a really long time, you don't know how it's going to play out. Like, are they really going to kind of be a team? Right. Or are they maybe just each right. going to individually do, do something thing or whatever? Do, right. And they'll still defeat what's happening, but will they do it together? Or right. Or exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. You're not, I mean. <clears throat> and when they finally come together as a team, it's not the only moment, but there's a scene where they're taking on. They're taking on the bad guys, and there's this one fluid pan through the city where each person is handling their business. Right. They're all doing it together, and the establishing shot for that is one fluid scene. So you see it's not cut. It's They're all one. They're all doing it together. They're right. all working together, and it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was very it, cool. It was very fun. Okay, so um, problems with the movie or – I mean, we're we're obviously both very positive about something that is already okay. horrendously positive, right? I mean, I think I think <laughs> not only is everyone going to go see this anyway, right? Whether we say boo or not, right? Whether we or anyone else, I mean, everyone's going to see this, yeah. And beyond that, it's getting really this is pretty a hard pro- film for the pretty positive be. stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, what we have to say something, right? We, we can't just say I petty. we can't just say I loved it. I have several things and they're petty too. They're they're kind well, of yours are a little bit things. no, yours mine is hyper 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 petty and it's specific to this type of situation. Look, I love this film. This was a lot of fun. It was so enjoyable to watch. So much fun to just sit there and have everything come out um spray right in front of you. Um uh, splayed right in front of you, but you know, there's always this argument that I have with comic book friends, especially about Marvel films. And it it's funny because I can't wait to tell one of them this anyway. But um, the biggest attraction of this film for me, and this is why Brian Singer's X Men films are always going to be better than any comic book movie like this, is because he didn't let Stan Lee into it. Right. Stanley's cameo always drives me crazy. Me and too. he's in this film and I, you know, personal biases aside, I do not like Stanley. I think if anything gets people calling in, maybe this will do it. I just think he's sure. such a spotlight hog and such a right. fame grabbing charlatan. And the fact that Brian Singer didn't make any room for him in the X Men films makes them automatically the greatest comic book films of all time from <laughs> right. Marvel. Um, okay. Aside and, from that, though, and, and here's the thing that I'll say about that too. Yeah, there was a time when I didn't mind his cameos. No, there was never a time I mind. I always hated them because there were times when you know you really could just kind of gloss over his cameos. If he had to be in every movie, and he did it like Alfred Hitchcock, if it where, was a contractual where, thing, where it would right. be like, you know, you might miss him, right? right. I mean, you might not yeah, notice I wish, him. I wish. Then, oh, that, you know, great. that's. I think that's a different thing. That I would mm-hmm. be okay with, you know. Right. This one is the worst ever. Oh, they're all horrible. This is the for yeah. me. This was way the worst one. I that, wonder that he's ever done. Some of them I don't mind that much. If he wants to right. kind of be there and we sort of see yeah. him for a second, then no. fine, whatever. I don't no. care. But I do. But this one, not so much. Well, here's here's the other small thing that maybe, and I thought about maybe this, and it's funny, I keep forgetting to bring this up to you. I wonder if doing these reviews, maybe we should have, it's just a thought, you know, an unofficial understanding that for the first 10 minutes of it, there won't be any big spoilers. But, you know, the longer the review goes on, if we're going to keep talking about things, we have to talk about certain things. 
Um, I, I don't know. Personally, I don't care about spoilers. I don't even care about spoilers either, I, especially in the internet age. You're going to find a spoiler anyway. I know. I, I don't really – generally, when I do reviews, I won't even say that there's a – like, you know, spoiler alert or whatever. Mm-hmm. I won't even say anything like that unless I'm really right. Unless taking everything apart about the movie and I'm going to tell you basically everything that happened. Well, if the spoiler if the spoiler reveals something about the story that is in essence basically a character of the story, like the usual suspects, I would never give that movie away right. or the crying game. Right. Films that are supposed to be so distractedly like Obtuse, like don't or the sixth sense. Just don't give this away because this is part of the best part of the film. Right, like, exactly. Obviously, but you know, I guess I was going to say if anyone's listening to this and you haven't seen it yet, um, you know, stay through the entire credits. There's not just one thing after the credits. There's two. Well, that's not a spoiler. Well, I know that, but I was actually going to talk about a. You know, I was going to say the other thing that's really interesting. Uh, I think um, is I think there's a spoil it. There's a specific. There's a specific Joss Whedon moment where one of the good guys dies. And it's not necessarily a whole shock to me because somebody in a Joss Whedon film or a production is usually the guy that dies to get everybody, um, you know, heartfelt. And to, it's right. part of the thing that the it's part of the original reason the genesis of the Avengers happens anyway is they all really liked this guy, right? And they all come together for him. And when he died, you know, that basically is the motivating factor for them to avenge him as well, right? Um, but I didn't know if we should be talking, you know, name him right out loud and be like, okay, so Captain America dies. In <laughs> right. And it's really sad. Actually, they all die except Black Widow. Yeah. Right. right. No, I, I personally, I don't really, I don't really care that much about yeah, that. I don't either. Um, I, I think, Just making sure. I think that so the little to, things you, to some extent, yeah, like the giant things you're talking about, I mean, obviously, you know, you wouldn't say the ending of movies that have some, that have some big twist or something. Right. But in general, I really feel like, you know, what are you really spoiling? Right. I mean, if if you do a movie review of a romantic comedy, I feel like you could talk you could tell everything that right. happens and right. never spoil anything. What yeah. are you really spoiling? I mean, they get together at the end. Who right. didn't know that? Right. So most of the time, unless there's something weird about the movie, like you're talking about, it has some actual twist or, you yeah. know, it's actually a murder mystery movie right. or something like that. Right. Then other than that, I don't even care about Spoiling movies. I think yeah. if you're go- if you're reading a review, you're already opening yourself up yeah. to having things yep. spoiled. Right. And then you know if somebody complains about it, they can comp- they, they can complain. complain. But I think that is you know I guess who dies in the movie. It could kind of be a spoiler, but I don't know. I mean I feel like this is also in that genre. Of, yeah, I just of. There isn't really anything you could spoil. Right. I mean, not not in really a spoiler. Right. I mean, you know, the Avengers win at the end, and the Earth's ah, not destroyed, right? I mean, did I really tell people something that they didn't All right, know. well, wait. So I w- I'm curious now. So it was a five-star film at one point. What were the detractors, the detractions for you that brought it down to four and a half? What were the, what were the negatives? Uh, you said you had a long list. Uh, not well, not like a long list, maybe. But I'm I have to, a list. I'm here to defend it. Uh, All right, let's I hear have it. a list. Um, I think as far as the things that kind of brought me down from the movie were, and you know, they could be like really niggling. I'll tell you, you if they know, are crazy bastard things. But uh, for me, the fact that they kind of played around at having some kind of theme involved and then didn't actually have one. The fact that I think there really isn't... With what? 
Like what theme? With like uh, Loki's speech and that we're going to, you know, have something to say about deeper things than just big bad guys are coming and oh. we're going to fight them, you know? Yeah. I mean, the uh, and and quite frankly, sort of the fact that it didn't have one right. at all is kind of a negative to me. I mean, it's... I'm all for the big fun action, but it didn't really have anything to say. And I feel like that's a little bit of a detraction right there. Mm-hmm. Th- that might not be a gigantic one, but somehow the fact that they pretended like there might be one and then didn't have one made it a little bit worse for me. Well, maybe, they, maybe this is part of the whole setup for the second film, too. Because right. there's, there's a lot to right. talk about. You know, I understand what Joss Whedon... Um, since we're, you know, spoiler free, I understand what Joss Whedon is maybe angling for, having read a lot of the comics, knowing about well, right. knowing and there, about them. There is kind of the spoiler of the end in the credits when they show you someone Thanos, which would spoil stuff. Yeah, that, we're, let's go. We're spoiling. But for most right people, that probably would spoil anything anyway. That would tell you anything. Right. There's a huge group of people that are going to the film that are comic book fans. Even if they're like us, they loved X-Men, they're still going to go because this is supposed to be, and this probably is going to be the benchmark for the summer. I'm not entirely sure, unless there's a sneak hit. Um, I don't really know what could come up. I, I think um, we have a caller. I think we should uh, look at let, that. Let's go. Let, let's let's go with the caller who's on hold. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hey, how y'all Hello? doing? Good. Oh, this is great. Good. I want to say the movie seems excellent to me. I seen it actually twice before the movie even came out to theaters. I just noticed that a lot of time with a lot of these comic books, like y'all say, a lot of the movies really don't have like really the theme like how it is from the comics. So it's more like so long as you make somebody the bad guy and everybody chases them down, that's all people go for. It's basically the laughs and the action. It doesn't have to really have like a real storyline to it. Yeah, I I, yeah, that's, I that's, agree. That's interesting. I mean, and it is what Mark is saying, and, and certainly you're right. Um, sometimes really all you have to do is put a big bad guy in front of somebody and not really look at the bigger issues that are happening, but... Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna delve in and go too hard into this and be like, well, there were aliens in the film, so it's all about xenophobia and fear of some, you know. No, it was really just a bunch of superpowers and capes flying around trying to get, um, trying not to mess it up. And maybe, maybe the sequel, like I was thinking, if if it's all the hints are there and Joss Whedon has said um, that he wants the next one to be more personal and more painful. And Thanos mm-hmm. is involved, which is the guy that you see at the end of the first credits. Right. And even, even the, um, even he's being egged on by saying, you know, it, to go after the humans, to go after Earth, is to court death. And that's really what Thanos's gig is: is to basically get death as a character from the DC universe. Uh, excuse me, from the Marvel universe to be with him. Then there's certainly going to be a lot of pain and punishment and personal you know, problems that are coming up. Maybe that was all just laying the groundwork for it. That's a big what if, and I can appreciate, you know, both of that, yours and Mark's point, which is it really didn't flesh it out. It hinted at it. It should have done a little bit more. You know, it it really wasn't there, and you shouldn't rest on, well, maybe it'll be in the next film as being the solution for it uh-huh. in this one. Right. Would Would you have liked it better if it had something more like a thematic element like you would expect from a comic book? Would, would it yeah, have made a difference? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think I think for me too. I think it just it just kind of was missing. I guess a play that's like a big play in the comic book world. Well, you know, there's also you know there's a lot of stuff going on separately at the same time. You know, you're watching all these guys fly around and and do all of their super things. You know, someone like Iron Man. You know, Tony Stark. He's going through a big change in this movie. You know, he's trying to become. Um, a little bit more in touch with people. His his own self-interests are eroding a bit. Like, he's certainly distraught over people getting injured and hurt. Um, and that's a learning curve, uh, excuse me, a learning curve for him. You know, Captain America is still trying to adapt with everybody else and try to play catch-up. And they're all going through these little mini crises, but they're not as big as the one that was laid out in front. Right. Like Mark said, when Loki is standing in front of everyone and basically saying, you really need this, you really want it. And in fact, you're predisposed to desiring it. Right. And then the beauty of that is the one guy standing up and just saying, you know, there's always a man like you. Right. And him being mm-hmm. shot down, that was a big moment that could have gone further. But I don't really know how, once you've locked in the story that they have, um, the thematic there is that America, you know, big surprise there, we're we're living in America and we're Americans making these films. Who saves the guy who has the courage to stand up against the oppressor? It's Captain America. So thematically, we are, you know, I mean, I can go with this. I can bust out my English degree and run themes around this one moment. And it, and it did exist. But you're right. You're actually right. You know, there's it could have done more, especially when I see films like The Dark Knight, which seemed to handle so many social and political themes all at once and still right. managed to put a bad guy in with a superhero and have all kinds of fights. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's terribly unfair to expect this to do a little more, especially if they're going to hint at doing it at all. Right. Yeah. Did you also realize that. it kind of looked like the uh, Transformer 3 ending? Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I see big robotic looking monsters flying around, you know, I, I certainly ripping up a city, it certainly does remind me of any of the Michael Bay films. Although it's still sad to me that all of these other films manage to look make to look robots look a lot more visible than Michael Bay's films. I, I just mm-hmm. I, one of the things that make the Transformer films really hard for me is it just I hear the sound effect from, you know, the cartoon of my childhood and I know they're transforming, but all I see is a bunch of glistening not coherent metal moving around right um but right. yeah no I, I i got that too yeah i i think it's like almost the exact even... same way they was destroying the city they did the same thing with the opening right. of the portal so i feel like it kind of looked like it was reflecting back on what happened last year with transformers yeah that's yeah. totally it, possible might have been a tongue-in-cheek it, kind of joke or a nod at that it, it really was and especially with some of the ways that these weird flying giant ones would kind of crash through the right. side of a building right. or go through mm-hmm. the, the front of yep. it. That, that, there were a lot of moments there that were very similar. Yeah. So you've seen you've seen the Avengers, and did you like it? I like the concept of the comedy and the action, but like I said, it just seemed like how I was saying it, it didn't really match up with like the comic books. I think the only one that matched with the comic books is like Spider-Man, but everything else has been even off, even with like... Um, the X-Men movies, they still haven't even gone to how the cartoons are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are um, even... Uh, the one that I like as far as that is actually Batman Begins. I think Batman yeah. Begins had much more of a trying to kind of work through the way comic books play out a story Yeah, more than a lot mm-hmm. of other ones. 
So I really, I, I'm actually a big fan of that movie for that reason, because it, I think it plays with the thematic development, the way comic books do. They're, they're very like special medium in how they tell a story and how they try and deliver what they're delivering. Yeah. And I think it almost always gets lost in the translation yeah. to movies. So. I'm psyched. I'm psyched you called in. You're our first caller. This, <laughs> this is very cool. Very cool to see. We had a caller waiting and, uh, uh, I was, I was. It almost, I almost didn't even know what it was doing. I know, the, I did too. The, I, I would have felt bad. I'm sorry if you had to wait a little longer for us to realize, but that was very cool. Oh, it was only like one or two minutes, but I mean, oh, you know, cool. I was glad right. that I was able to talk about we'll be, it. We'll be a lot faster about it in the future, and you know, definitely right. call in, uh, call did, back. Yeah. Did you have anything else you want to throw out about this one before we let you go? Oh no, I was just basically, I, I like the part when the Hulk had picked up Loki. And was joking about him when he said he was a guy. Yep, I thought it was great. This is, you know, and yeah, again, thanks, thanks for calling in. Yeah, uh, I really appreciate it. This thanks is a lot. This was one of the things that well, we were talking about earlier, but also, you know, it, and it's not just because it was Joss Whedon. You just needed somebody who really understood comics in a way that, um, you know, understood what people want to see the Hulk do. They don't just want to see Hulk smash, although you certainly do get that. You want to see him do it true to the Hulk. Right. And this, you know, there's a moment just like the just like the gentleman was saying. There's a moment when Loki just kind of starts screaming at the Hulk, like I'm a god, you can't touch me, and this, that, and the other thing. And the Hulk is tired of hearing him, you know, <laughs> go on and on, and ends the discussion by slamming him around a bunch. And it's hilarious and it's perfect. Right, and not only that, but I mean, since we're just going to run through scenes that are way through Absolutely. the movie and spoil everything and whatever. I think what was great about that scene is that there's actually you don't ever see the initial engagement by the Hulk. Right. Loki is just still talking <laughs> and then yeah. and then zip he's like out of the frame. Yep. But it's not like the Hulk we see him come and attack him or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's actually really good and really kind of trying to Build the pieces of comic moment, comic yeah. book moments when you can. Yeah, because that's how it would happen in a comic. Right, book. it really is. That that's exactly how that would play out in a comic yeah. book. So okay, now um, back to oh, me, your, your tr- me trying right. to have some gripe. That, that is a that's a fair gripe, and I will give you that. You know, that's certainly something that could have gone on. I you know, yeah, all right. See, it, here's my thing too, and and I think it's awesome that we had a caller who that was so cool. talked about thematic elements and comic books because that's one of my problems in general just like he was saying like spider-man the first spider-man did do that pretty well Mm -hmm. and i think batman begins did it really well yeah and most of the other ones don't even try to do it very much at least to the extent that they're really trying to pull from how comic books and graphic novels work right and one of my that's really kind of a problem for me because you know people who don't read comic books mm-hmm. they go yeah yeah right you know superhero flying around smashing shit up right then they go to this movie and they go see superhero <laughs> flying around right. smashing shit up and that's all it's about right. and it's not and you know they're they're like deep things there yeah. are, there are, they are there are real elements to yeah. comic book stories beyond just oh good we're punching out bad guys right 
So that is kind of a gripe for me, although it, in a way it's also kind of hard to hold too much against the movie because, like I said, you know, it's in that, it's in that lighter spectrum yeah. of the genre, right. if that actually makes sense. Um, the, one, the other gripe that I had is that, and this will probably be a little weird, um, it, it's kind of in the same comic book translation camp, and there's something about every comic book adaptation movie coming out where the problem we're dealing with is that the, the world is going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And you, that's just really kind of a problem for me because, I, like, we both read a lot of comic books, right? Yeah. I mean, how often was that issue of the comic book about the world is about to be destroyed? Right. I mean, like three Yeah. <laughs> that, that I ever read in my whole life. I mean, but as soon as it's a movie, then it's like, well, if we don't make it so that the whole world is going to be destroyed, then right. what do we need all these superheroes for? Right. Well, yeah, and that's true, too, because the Avengers are Earth's mightiest heroes. Right. Why, don't why have, do we need them all you together? Don't, right, you don't right. call in the Hulk to stop a rash of car burglaries. <laughs> right. you know, you're pretty sure you can put Hawkeye on that and have him take that out. But Right. But still, I, I just, I don't know. That's just kind of a problem for me that everything has to be so big. And so like kind of related to that is one of my other problems is that everyone is a little bit too invincible in this movie for me. There's, it goes too far for me, mm-hmm. especially at certain points to everybody being completely indestructible. Right. Because then there are other parts where they have problems and how could they be both? I mean, they they go through things that clearly what happens is we're spelling at we're laying down the groundwork that he cannot be destroyed. I right. mean, because if he could be destroyed, he would have been right then, right? Right. So we're we're telling you that they're absolutely indestructible, and then later on they're having trouble with something and how yeah. how could they have trouble well there's I mean, always there's, it's interesting especially in this film that two of the characters that seem to take the most damage are two of the characters you wouldn't expect iron man gets slammed around everywhere right. and shows it they do a great job of showing his dents and he at least and, gets damaged and, and tony stark yeah. is often just like making a quick repair on the fly right. you know he's like on the shield helicarrier and he's like all right we got to go but i got to fix this cuz i can't so I see so uh, you have to right. pull out my dremel for right. a minute exactly. and, and and spit some sparks and, the and other thing turn is, it back on. You know, Thor, the god of thunder. Guy guy gets punched and bloodied up, you know, from right. all kinds of different things. He gets, you know, there's an interesting moment where he takes a knife and doesn't just shrug it off. Like when he, the scene after Loki stabs him and he lands down with everyone to try to help fight the ground forces, he stands up and he's weary. Like he's shaking. Right. And that's awesome. You know, obviously, you know, Captain America is doing a bunch of stuff, and so is Black Widow. Hawkeye's really just pulling arrows left and right. I thought that was going to be one of your gripes, which is Hawkeye has an unlimited quiver of arrows. Well, no, but and I'm thinking, so I'm that was thinking okay. He shot a lot of arrows, and he seemed to shot, have shot off more arrows than he could have possibly had. But sure. But a comic book film. Right, he's no. got a million arrows. But, but uh, right. But at least he ran out of arrows, right? So right. that's okay. And now I've spoiled the fact that he runs out of arrows because somebody will write it and go, "I didn't know he was going to run out of arrows." Right. No. Right. But that was, I thought, pretty. That, I, that I was think fine. Your first, I think your first gripe is is worthy. I don't. I don't necessarily believe the second one, but we're gonna we're gonna run out of time about it. But we are gonna run out of time, and we might as well. 
Yeah, because I, I, mean, I mean, we what else it. is there to cover? We, we love it. it. You're loving it. Everyone's it. digging it. Yeah. Is we can argue the semantics and the stuff. You know, again, there are there are moments of contention about the themes, but I do I do see that side. Right. You know, I again, I could I could dissect a bunch of this stuff, like the Captain America being the American representative, standing up in the heart of Germany, and you know, right, defending right, against right. you know, all these things you can say, but. Maybe you shouldn't have to dig that hard for them. Maybe they should just be a little bit more upfront. But they I could have, they could have tried to work that in. But yeah. they were doing a lot of this, stuff. This but anyway, great movie right. and a great time. And I'm psyched we had a caller and right. people are popping in the chat and that's cool too. A lot, all the interactions very cool. Right. And uh, so, like we said before, we're going to be a little weird next week yeah. because of because of Mother's Day. So we will probably schedule something that's going to happen during the middle of the week that won't be a movie review. It'll be something else. And then during the middle of next week, that will be uh, our review of Dark Shadows. Yeah, great. So um, check us out at rescreening.com, and we will see you probably in a few days. Absolutely. And thanks so much for calling in and being in the chat. Thanks. Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.